Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Salah got it back on the fan. We're jumping around about the New York baseball teams, aren't we? 877-337-6666. I was just talking to Schwai out in the newsroom, John Schweibacher, who's a legend here at the fan. He trained me. So you have any issues with me? Blame Schwai. Um, no, but uh, we were talking about the bobblehead stuff. I mean, think about this. And it really did bother me. And not for me. Again, like I said, I'm a 40. How old am I? 43. I'm a 43. I, I realized today that I just stopped counting. Like, it doesn't even matter. Uh, it doesn't even matter anymore. Once you hit 40, really, once you hit 30, it's like, I remember, I think the whole year I was 37. I didn't even realize I was 36. Or, excuse me, the year I was 36, I thought I was 37. So I didn't realize I lost a whole year there. Man, eh, who cares? Age is just a number. So, anyway, but me as a 43-year-old, I don't really care necessarily about the bobblehead, especially a Lindor one. Like, if it were a Gary Carter bobblehead, different story. Anything from 86 or those years, I love. Even maybe 99 or 2000, those things, they, they get me in all the feels. But the Lindor bobblehead, whatever, is really cool, but it's not for me. I'm not going to display it. I'm not going to hold on to it. I'd give it to my niece and nephew. But if I get there... At the ballpark, and this is obviously not exclusive to the Mets. It's the same thing with the Yankees where fans go nuts for the Anthony Rizzo, Star Wars bobblehead or whatever, packing out you know, the, the stadium, waiting online as soon as the ballpark opens, lines a mile long to be able to get in because it's always the first 15,000 fans. I don't understand that. You know, especially now, like the old excuse could have been, well, we're not going to, you know, I'm not going to invest in... 40,000 bobbleheads or whatever, you know, 25,000, 30,000 bobbleheads if I don't think I could sell all the tickets for the game. But you know that you're going to be able to sell these out. I mean, people go nuts for them. And it's always a big draw, the bobbleheads. It's historically been that way. Why make it for only 15,000 fans? Because what I saw... And generally, I get there early. It's just my thing. Like, since I've been going to games, I always go early. I hate dealing with the traffic and the stress and the anxiety, all that stuff. So I would always show up to the ballpark way early. Never had an issue before. I'd still have a little anxiety about getting the the giveaway, make sure you get in there, whatever. But I never had an issue of getting one. I don't think I've ever been to a giveaway game where I didn't get something until yesterday. But... This is an issue where you, you like you look around at other, fa- you know, I was looking around at families or, or people that you meet or whatever, and, and their kids, and, and they didn't get it. There's a lot of disappointed kids that didn't get the bobblehead 
because they got there 40 minutes early like I did? I mean, come on. Now, at this point in my life, you know, I was taking my mother. Yeah, It's like, I'm not going to go there two hours early to the ballpark just to make sure I get a ball. I don't care. I'd rather, you know, take the time, let the dog out, go for a little walk, whatever, and go pick my mom up a little bit later than to leave at 10 in the morning. Hey, mom, be ready to go. It's a 140 start. Let's leave at 10 a.m. so we can get there in time to get the bobblehead. Like, I really don't care. If I want it that badly, I'll go on eBay, which, by the way, you can do. As I checked it out on eBay last night, just for, you know, my own entertainment, I wanted to check it out. They're going for like 60 bucks on eBay. People go to the game, they get the bobbleheads, they throw them up on eBay, and they sell them. I mean, uh, and then you, but you have disappointed kids. It's just the whole thing. I just don't understand it. Why not just make every giveaway for any fan who goes to that game? What is so hard about that? Too much money. But if you know you're selling the ticket, what's what's the problem? It's too much money, I guess. And again, a lot of this, a lot of the bobbleheads, they're spot, they're. Some right. they're sponsored by a company, so the company has oh, to be willing so it's to a company who's only going to make the only X amount because they don't want they don't want to spend yeah, a lot of money it's on it. It's not right. Like if you're the Mets, right. if you're the Mets or Yankees, and you hear you're like, I know they don't think about it a lot of times. You're just thinking about okay, well, whatever. This business is going to pay for this bobblehead fifteen thousand. But come on, dude, those disappointed kids of and, and adults. But those disappointed kids, like you're not getting that bobblehead. That's that sucks. No, it's brutal. I I, I remember doing it I, when I went to a game. Met games as a kid at Shea when my parents would take me. And then for a giveaway, and we didn't get it. It was crushing. Yeah. Well, was, why wouldn't you? Didn't you get it, Rosie? Did they just not show up? You didn't go in time. Right. Right. Like habitually late to games, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's terrible. It's you awful. go there excited for. I'll be honest with you. I didn't care to get it, but I did expect to get it. Being there forty minutes early, and it would have been an hour early, but you know the traffic around here is for. for who the hell knows what is going on here? But the traffic has gotten significantly worse over the course of the last three weeks. Like, it's just ridiculous. And it's always something. You make, you know, you, you, there's no good, clean way to go, whether you take the Grand Central, the, the Whitestone Express, whichever way you go. There's no, it's always a parking be, lot. Oh, my God. It's, it's just a nightmare. And maybe I got screwed because I went through the Rotunda entrance, which I just do out of habit because that's where we park. But maybe if you go to one of the other entrances, because that's got to be the most popular one, right? Yep. You go so, to the right field, left field, because there's less travel, right, and maybe, maybe they have some extras. Right, at that particular time. Do you remember the first give, the first Met like promotional thing that you went to? I remember mine, and I'll just say it, even though nobody cares or mm-hmm. asked me, it was the Mercury Mets night. Remember What'd you get? I remember the night. I the don't remember. hat. Oh, okay. And a, they gave away a hat and a jersey. You still have it? No, I don't. Yeah, See, what a waste. You go to these games and giveaways. You know, it was in the late 90s, but, like, that's what I... My first, like, distinctive Met giveaway memory was the Mercury Met hat. You know which one I Ricky, remember? With Ricky leading off, and they had a picture of Ricky with, like, in yeah, an yeah. alien suit. I, I remember the Mercury Mets. It was yes. a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't for me, but I remember the Mercury Mets. My big... Now, you know, I went to games as a kid in 87, I believe, was the first time I went. And it was duffel bag, RC Cola duffel bag giveaway, which had, and I still have them. We got four of them. I think I probably only have two because I went with my family or whatever. And I, I have two. One, I broke the zipper years ago. One is in pristine mint condition that, that I have and I love and cherish to this day because it brings me back. It has the big RC Cola logo on it, but it also has the Mets World Series logo. Very nice on it as well, but that was like the first giveaway. Yeah, as a kid, I have a, I have like the Jer- I have like two Jerry Seinfeld bobbleheads from years ago. Yeah. The miss the uh, home run apple piggy bank. Yeah, I remember the, the giveaways less. are cool. They're yes. fun, but like 
you you shouldn't be. People go nuts over this. Stuff. I know. No, it's crazy. Included. I've done it over the years. It's ridiculous. I wonder if they put a cap on it just because they companies and the Mets don't want people to resell it on a secondary do, market. No, no, no. They do it even more now. Go look up the Lindor bobblehead. I guarantee you, right now, it's going for sixty bucks at least. It's absurd. Yeah. Now, and I know this one is like a cheap pet version, right? Well, that's the thing. It's huge, actually. When I saw people holding it at the ballpark, and I was like, you know what? I'm glad I didn't get this thing. Lugging this thing around all game, I'd rather just go home and buy it on eBay if I need to. But yeah, it grows grass on so his like, head, right? I no, no. I thought it was on his head. I was proven uh, oh. wrong on that. It's actually like grass on the field. Oh, really? Yeah. There's like whole all instructions on there. You throw some seed in there. You get a water. Like my niece and nephew would get a kick out of that. And I'm trying to get them. My nephew's in a, in a hockey big, but. Neither of them are really diehard baseball fans yet. So I'm trying to get them into being meth fans. I think that would have helped, which is my point. Anyway, it's not a big deal, but people buy them or they, people go to the game, they, they throw them up on eBay. Sell them on eBay for 60 bucks. Anyway, 877-337-6666. Eric is calling from Bayville. What's up, Eric? Hey, what's going on? Speaking of Seinfeld, just reminds me of George Costanza when he calls in the bomb threat and he has to figure out the half size for 40,000 people on Fitted Asset. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, yeah, so a uh, caller before was talking about Jeter and Judge, and I'm glad that he brought that up because, like, um, I'm 40 years old, so I got to see really Jeter come up and play, you know, every game. And it's different with Judge now. It's like Jeter was a singles hitter. You know, he was a clutch dude. But now with Judge, it's just like I've never seen anything like this before, and especially, especially a positional player. To have that impact that he has on this Yankees team, it's, it's, it's unfounded. And imagine if you put Judge on those 90s Yankees team. I'm like, forget it, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, look, the 90s Yankees teams were obviously different, right? Where, you know, you had the core players there and Jeter led the way, but you had clutch guys. Like, Bernie's not at the level of Aaron Judge, but Bernie no, was yeah. as clutch as they come, just a winning player. Paul O'Neill. Great player. These guys aren't Hall of Famers, but and Judge will be, assuming that you know he continues along here and stays healthy. It's, you know, but Judge has not even had nearly the same kind of talent around him as they did. But but I, but I, really I don't know if it was the talent or just the the type of players. Like those guys were gamers. Like Scott Brocious wasn't a talented player. I mean, helps when you have Mariano Rivera. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, understood. I I know, and it's different. It's hard to you know, it's hard to compare. Uh, times and stuff like that but it's just different because he's you know i'm, I'm watching kind of like barry bonds here on my team and i'm watching him every day and it's just uh, i'm so he surprises me all the time right, but, but bonds, I also bring, bonds was another one yeah. and it's a good example that struggled in the postseason that didn't do anything yeah well yep, in, the, in the postseason yep. then you got look all it takes is one i mean a rob went on his one in 2009 and obviously the yankees won a world series because of it i believe in judge i don't look at judge as a guy who's afraid of the moment or a guy who can't come through in the clutch. I just think it's been circumstanced in short series for whatever reason. He's facing great pitching, especially against the Astros in 2017 and 2019. You want to go back to last year as well in the ALCS. I look at a a guy like Judge who just, for whatever reason, hasn't gotten hot at uh, that particular time in one of those series. Yeah, well, let's just agree that he's not the problem. But I just wanted to ask you a question. Um, Just watching the Heat and what they're doing, uh, and Eric Spolsham's just coaching out of his shoes right now. Uh, so what made me ask you this question is, what coach do you think has the biggest impact on the team in which sport? Uh, whether it's, you know, basketball, football, I think it's hockey. Got, yeah, I think it's got to be football. I mean, football, you have the coach yeah, that is leading I, 53 men. You're going over the game plan week in, week out, the X's and O's. 
I have to believe as as much as Spolster has been great in the NBA, you know, you give a star player to any of these guys and they should be serviceable with them at the very least. So in football, it's different. I, I think football is the is the biggest difference. The, I, I would agree to a circumstance, but, uh, you know, they do delegate to defense coordinators, offensive coordinators. But like uh, as far as I was thinking, it's almost like, uh, you know, head coaches of hockey teams. Um, line changes, you know, keeping your team hot. I know there's a lot of different aspects. I think that uh, football is definitely, uh, you know, you do you have to do it 21 hours a day uh, to get it completed. And I don't think the other games, you know, they, they ask for that. But just seeing Spolstrom, what he's actually doing with that team down there. Remarkable. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. And thanks for the time. I appreciate no, it. No, no problem. Thank you for taking the time, Eric, to give us a call. We appreciate it. Yeah, Spolstrom's been great. It's annoying to me. It has nothing to do with Spolstrom. Good for him. But it's annoying to me that Pat Riley left the Knicks because he got a great opportunity in Miami. The Knicks were not willing to give him control. And look at what's gone on in the last 25 years or whatever it's been. The Heat have been one of the premier franchises in the league, you know, with the success that they've had. Now they're doing it without, I mean, Butler is a superstar, but you know what I mean. It's not like they have LeBron there. But Riley able to lure all the best players there. Riley able to build a foundation, build a winning system. It's un- it's unfreaking believable. That's how close the Knicks were. I said this years ago, and it bothered it bothered me then, and it bothers me even more now. The Knicks got had Pat Riley when Phil Jackson was the premier coach. And then the Knicks got Phil Jackson as the executive when Pat Riley is the premier executive. Now, I'm not knocking Riley as a coach, but obviously what Phil did with, you know, the Bulls and all that and the Lakers, you know, unquestioned. And then the Knicks get the... So they had the lesser of the coaches, if I could say that, because they still love Riley, so it even pains me to say that. I never want to believe that Phil was better. But the Knicks had the lesser of the coaches and the lesser of the executives by far. And even if you forget about the Phil comparison, just not having Riley here when it could have been. Had the Knicks handed over the control to Pat Riley like he wanted to, they would be the premier team. Think of how our lives as sports fans in this town would have changed if that were the case. Significantly. I said before, you can call and talk about anything you want. Fred is calling from North Carolina. Fred, you're going to take me up on that, aren't you? Yes, I am. What do you want to talk about VPR, man? Tom Sandoval. Is he coming back a lot? From what? From the show. You think you're going to throw him off? Uh, it's a great question. Now, the reunion airs when? Tomorrow night or Wednesday? Tomorrow, yeah. Uh, yeah, Wednesday. There's three u- u- reunion dates. Three days. Three th- oh, yeah, they're right. They're dragging out for three shows, which, by the way, yep. I can't get enough of it. Vanderpump Rules. you got to check it out. I, man. Oh, I. I now- look forward to Wednesday. I know you don't watch it till the weekend, but let me tell you something. I couldn't last week. I got. I was stood up at one o'clock in the morning watching. Yeah, well, my issue is I've been trying to sneak it in. Sometimes I'll go home after SNY and do the radio show from home, and I'll watch with my wife. That's my right. issue is that I have work at night, so it's tough to do. And also, my wife and I got to have you know, like if there's a game on, it's very difficult to watch both. Right, I hear you. But yeah, dude, no, I'm all about this. It is unbelievable. I can't it's wait. Crazy. I mean. I watched the show from the beginning, but I've never got so into it. And like the whole every every podcast you watch, they're all talking about. It. Did you see Sandoval and Raquel on the last episode, like when they were filmed together? Yeah. How weird yeah. was that? So weird. Did you see um, Tom Sandoval on Howie Mandel's podcast? I did. I, I did. What did you think? I thought it was atrocious. 
It was atrocious, man. But because I, the, the reason why is because Howie Mandel didn't know what the hell he was talking he about. Didn't, he doesn't even know what's going on the show. His daughter knows more than he does. Right. It was pathetic. But you're right. I mean, this I can't get enough, Fred. And thank you for the call. You get back to us. We'll talk more VPR next week. I love it. If you guys don't know, you got to get up on it. This is one of those situations where you know, I walk in one night, whether it's from work or I walk upstairs, whatever. And I'm like, what the? You know, my wife, she's got the TV on, whatever, the baby's sleep. I'm like, come on. What are you watching? What the hell with this crap? Five minutes later, it's like, oh, my God. So, wait, Raquel used to date this guy and now this guy. And and then all hell broke loose with this scandal because Raquel cheated on her best friend with this guy Sandoval. It's all like a close-knit group. Oh, my God. It's just such a man. Now, Sandoval's business with this other dude, Schwartz, that's in question because people hate Sandoval now and Raquel. What a mess. And you get to see it all unfold knowing what happens now, after the fact, you get to see it unfold because it was obviously filmed months ago, and it happened months ago, and now we know about it. So it's been great. I'm all about it. Andy Cohen, I tape, I tape all the shows. I watch the after show. I can't get enough of it. Huge scandal. Three-part reunion where they're just going to be going at it with each other. And I'm here for it. Back to your regularly scheduled sports talk. George is calling from Mount Arlington, New Jersey. What's up, George? Hey, how you doing, guys? How are you, George? I'm doing well, thank you. I love your show. Thank you. I was call I was calling about a a caller, a few callers back, plus your last one, in regards with Jeter and with Judge. Judge is an extremely talented player on a mediocre to good team. Jeter was blessed. I'm a big Yankee fan. Jeter was blessed with a phenomenal team to play for most of his career. If you were to put Jeter on today's team, you get no better results. If you put Judge on the old teams. We may have won seven championships. Uh, I'm not going to not. No, you can't say that. Because I think if you take Jeter off of it, it does lose a lot. Now, Judge's no, production. No, would, you're talking no, about just his production, take, obviously. I wouldn't, take, I wouldn't take Jeter off that team. I would add Judge to it. So, re, say this scenario again, the hypothetical. You're saying okay. if you took if you if put you Jeter put Judge on this. If, the old Yankees. Yeah. And didn't take anybody away. We may have won more championships. If you put Jeter on this current Yankee team, it wouldn't have any better results. No, see, I disagree with that. I, I think I think George Jeter would bring better results here. I, imagine if you replace, you're talking about prime peak Jeter. Imagine replacing Volpe with prime Derek Jeter. You absolutely are having different results. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't bring us a championship. We only, uh, build, we only build the team today to win the division. We used to build the team to win the championship. Right, but you're, bringing, but, but you're bringing the best part, and thank you for the call, you're bringing in this hypothetical, you're bringing the best part from those teams to this team. It's one of the reasons this year why I do think the Yankees have a chance to go to the World Series. First of all, because you know Judge is an absolute beast, and Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in baseball. So it's not just one reason, but I like the idea of Volpe and the difference maker he can be in the postseason. Yankees don't have enough ball players like that. Volpe's a guy who can be a difference maker in October. You throw in Harrison Bader, what you saw he could do in October. That starts to remind me a little bit of those 90s Yankees. Where you have a a guy like Bader who's not a big powerhouse hitter, but in the postseason, in a clutch at bat, in big games, he's going to come through. And I think Volpe can be that. He's not there yet. But I think he can project as that. The dude's just a ball player. Little base hit to right, get on, steal a big base, come around and score. Like, Volpe's got it. 
Now, he, he's clearly not there yet. You hope, the hope is that he gets there by the end of this season, on into the postseason. But they have some of that balance now with Bader, with Volpe, if LeMayu can you know, be what he was in, say, 2019 in the postseason at least. Don't have to be the best hitter in the world in the regular season. But they have a little bit more balance than just all or nothing type hitters. Austin in East Meadow. Austin, you have an issue with the bobblehead giveaways? I don't have an issue with the bobblehead giveaways, but you got to look at it from the perspective of those poor people working there, right? Because when those gates open, there are like 20,000 people bearing down on them, <laughs> looking for those 200 or so bobbleheads that they have. I went to the WFAN-sponsored John and Susan night when mm-hmm. they gave out those great bobbleheads. Mm-hmm. I had to walk around for six innings to find a cop who was kind enough to give me theirs because they were gone before, before I don't even know. So you do have an issue. So what was it, the first 15,000, I'm assuming? It was the first 15,000, and there were at least 30,000 people there. Right. And what time did you show up to the ballpark? An hour early, and I guarantee you there was 20,000 people there two hours early. Unbelievable. You show up an hour early, or in my case, 40 minutes early. I mean, I guess you should know better, but still. I mean, come on now. That's ridiculous. It was like a playoff game. It was like a World Series game. It was nuts. And, you know, I still never got my hands on one of those bobbleheads either, the John and Susan one. I'm looking right at it. There's one here in the studio, in the Carton and Robert studio. Actually, it's the Mike Francesa I was going to say, I heard that your boss had a whole box of them the day after. Yeah, I'm sure they probably do. I mean, I haven't seen it, but, uh, and thank you for the call, Austin. Appreciate you checking in. And they probably did or do somewhere. There's a stash around here. I got to get my hands on one of those. Love John and Susan. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That is the one that talks. I bought one. The There was a one uh, that had a microphone with WFAN on it. I think it was just John's voice was on that one a couple years ago. I ended up buying that off eBay. And I work here. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just don't like the idea that they hurt some fans' feelings. Going to a game, if you buy a ticket to a game, you should get the giveaway. Enough with the first 15,000 people. It causes chaos and stress and drama and disappointment. I know it's not all about the bobbles, but for a young kid, or just make it kids giveaway. Although I guess then you would hurt potential, I don't know, would you hurt ticket sales? What do you think, Rosie, if you just made the bobbleheads for kids giveaway? Because then you would prevent potentially the the people who go in there and just buy tickets to get the bobbles and sell them, right? Yeah, so you want to just give them away only to kids. Well, I'm just trying to come up with a solution here to where you... The solution... I mean, the only solution that makes sense is the whoever makes the bobblehead makes forty or fifty thousand, and you're just giving it to everybody. Right, but that's a pretty big jump up. Or make it thirty thousand. Like if you don't get no, there, by... people are going to complain about that too. Yeah, you're right. But if it, what's the difference between twenty and thirty? No, in, in well, the... you, you're saying make it forty thousand. You're talking about another, you know, twenty five thousand. Yeah, make, make it for everyone. Yeah, I guess that's the only. They, 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 no 50,000 50, bobbleheads. <laughs> and, and you know what? If you don't get rid of them, give them to some. Yeah, you, you can know. have overstock. Yeah. They'll sell them after. Well, because the then you have to have some. I think they give it to the media. I don't know. I've never been in there for a giveaway, but I'm pretty sure like the media gets some. Obviously, the team is going to get some. So it's whatever their allotment is. And maybe they get 20,000 and they keep 5,000 and you give 15,000 out. I, I don't know how it works, but it's just not right. The disappointment on some of those kids' faces, you know? 
What about the disappointment on my face that I can't root for a winning team? What about that? What do I get for that's, that? That's your own fault, Rose. You get nothing for that. What Here, here's what you're going to get. I'm going to go to a break. Blood, that's sweat, what you're going to get for that. Money. No. 87, you choose to do that. This is a choice. I know. I know. I, I made a bad choice. 877 three Queens for no reason. You're a Mets fan. They're fine. What are you talking about? A losing team. They're fine. They're 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 fine. They're fine For now. Mets fans that... Ne- I need to see it a little bit longer for sample size. A week ago, the walls were caving in. Rosie, come on. Stop with this overreacting. It's not over, but a week ago, the walls were caving in. Everyone wanted to fire Buck and fire Billy. Yeah, well, I mean, that's stupid, and I'm sure you were in front of that line, weren't you? I think there's an argument no, that no, a new no, voice for no, Buck. No, 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 no. I think no, there's no, an argument No, 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 no. Eight, not on this show. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Sal Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. on the fan we have a mic and you have a phone call the fan at 877-337-6666 powered by superbook sports visit superbook.com Back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Talking about a little bit of everything so far in the first hour and a half. And we're, man, really flown by here. We're going to midnight. Rosie, so what's happening at midnight? Do you have the plan here? We, I'm assuming we're allowed to talk about it here. You don't know? Well, I mean, we, I guess we got to be. It's happening at midnight on the air, right? I just want to know who's coming up next. Uh, I believe Al Cintrone. I believe I'm saying his name correct. Al Cintrone. Okay. So, all right. And what time is he coming in here? Because we got to show him the ropes a little bit, right? Uh, and he'll be it, Hopefully within the next few hours. He'll be on 12 to 2. Yeah, just going to make sure you let him in the building and all that yes. stuff. And then it is who? Emmanuel Barbari? And then Manny is on. We'll F. take you through the overnight. Okay. 877-337-6666. Rocky is calling from North Brunswick. What's up, Rocky? How you doing, Sal? Great show. I just have a couple points. If you don't mind, I have a sports point and another point. Sure. Um, I get in my car. Um I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna get my sports. I'm gonna do this, and you guys are talking about Vanderpump Rules. VPR. Have you watched it? Um. Well, I'm kind of forced to because when I get home, my wife has it on, and she has on all these housewives of wherever. Yep. So, so my bad escape is Salicata and sports, and I'm getting Vanderpump Rules on your show, Sal. Yeah. No, don't don't get me started on the housewives too. I got plenty of thoughts on that as well. <laughs> I can't help it. Same thing. My wife puts me on to these shows. I'm like, I don't want to watch this crap. Five minutes later, I'm like, do you believe Teresa? I can't believe she could do that to Melissa. 
And I got to give it to you. I do watch it a little bit, but it's not like I would ever turn it on. So you got me there, Sal. You really got me. <laughs> What's on your mind? Okay, now I'm watching the Yankees since the mid-60s, um, and I saw Steinbrenner. Do you think that Aaron Boone would have ever lasted this long? Or actually, I think that the game eight they lost when they were leading 6 nothing against Tampa, I think if George was there, he would have been gone the next morning. What's your thoughts on that? Nah, I don't look. I mean, I don't think if George, if Georgia here, I hate to say it, if Georgia, I don't think Boone would be here. Period. I mean, probably not have been hired, and he certainly wouldn't have lasted this long. But I don't think Aaron Boone is a problem. I've said that consistently throughout the course of the years. Boone is not the problem here with this team. The problem is they haven't been built to win in the postseason. We'll see if that may change this year. We're going to find out. But I think Boone has done a nice job this year, in particular, um, with protecting his players, being a, a fiery leader. And I don't know, I just feel like there's an edge to this Yankees team that might have been missing in years past. I know they brought in Josh Donaldson to be that difference maker. I think Bader, though, has been that guy. And I feel like Boone also brings that edge. He's gotten more confident and comfortable here. I like what I'm seeing from Aaron Boone this year. Yeah, I got me doing a good job with all these injuries and stuff. It's just he's just so, like, vanilla. I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm, I'm wishing for Lee Martin too much. I don't know. I want something exciting. Well, what's more exciting than Boone throwing the gum, Boone getting in, a manager, in, in the umpire's face? I don't know. If, I like Buck Showalter as a better manager, tactician, whatever, than Aaron Boone. But yeah. Boone, is, Boone is as entertaining as a manager as there is in the game right now. I want the dirt kicking back on the umpire's shoes again like Billy and uh, Weaver used to do. That was classic. Yeah, well, I mean, that's we're never going to go back there, Rocky. But I, and thank you for the call. I do think Boone is a nice new age version of that. He's not afraid to get in. When, even when there are, are things now where, you know, a lot of times with replay and with the way that you can't even argue balls and strikes, like it does take a lot out of what we used to get into as far as managers going out there and complaining and getting tossed. Well, Boone does a nice job of finding a way, whether it's protecting Aaron Judge because of a bad ball strike call, yelling at the ump for, you know, whatever the, the case may be, protecting his players, uh, I Boone, as far as that goes, he's been highly entertaining. I love that version of Boone. What I don't love is the way he applies the data. I know all the managers do it, but Boone needs to manage a little bit more with the, I hate to even just say with his gut, but he just, I, I want him to go a little bit less of the pre-planned stuff, specifically the lineups. I hate with the lineups that they're they're planned, they're probably mapped out for the next two weeks. Boone's got his lineups mapped out more than we have our schedules set. And he knows what he's doing two or three weeks from now, which I don't understand how you could do that. Not in baseball. So that bothers me. And then the idea of the lanes, like going into one of these games with, oh, yeah, I like this guy in that lane against this part of the lineup. Hey, enough of the bowling. Just manage. William is calling from Manhattan. What's up, William? Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, William. How are you? All right. You mentioned a comment earlier about uh, Pat Riley being the lesser coach to um, Phil Jackson. I totally disagree with that. Um, when he had players, he showed he could win. He won five with L.A. Mm-hmm. He came to New York, built that, and built us into a championship contender, right? And well, how many championships did they win, though? I mean, they, they didn't. None, but, yeah. but hold up one second. So now once Jordan left, Phil left, and he didn't coach until he had the better team again in L.A. where he won five more. 
So he just bounced to two teams, well, actually one team, who had all the star power, whereas Pat was willing to take those chances, and he built and built and built and built and built. Yeah. And not only that, his coaching tree is much better than Phil Jackson. What he gave you, Derek Fisher? Yeah, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the coaching tree. What I was talking about is the more successful head coach, and Phil Jackson did it with the with the Lakers and with the Bulls. So, I mean, you you can't argue that. You could say that he did it with star players, but what does that mean? You're taking every championship away from anybody who's won it with star players? Who did Pat Riley no, work you with? Can't do that. Okay, well, did Pat Riley have stars in, in with the Lakers? Yeah, he won. Okay, what I'm saying okay, is that well, when he has the star so he power, had, he could do it. When he has what? When he has the players, he could do it. Right, he didn't have the players in oh. New York, and then all right. But then, how are you taking away from Phil? Then you're not making any sense. Yeah, I'm making a lot of sense because the, he had the better players, and not only he had the better players, he also had David Stern in his back pocket because of Jordan. You know that everybody knows that. Bro. Well, well, Come on, well, no, no. Hold on he a second. Hold on a second. How are you taking away from Phil Jackson? I'm taking away that he was afraid to build teams, and Pat wasn't. And he was still winning. No, no, that's, that's not true. You, Pat didn't win a championship with the Knicks. Yeah, but he took us to the finals. So what? That's that doesn't it. it doesn't matter. We're talking about championships here. Look, bottom line is you can bring up all the stuff that you want. And obviously I watched it. I lived through it, so I understand. And I hate Phil Jackson. I hated him with the Bulls, hated him with the Lakers, and I hated him even more with the Knicks. I loved Pat Riley. You cannot tell me that Pat Riley is a better coach than Phil Jackson or a more successful head coach than Phil Jackson. Okay. Agree to disagree, then. Well, I mean, I... Can you do that? So you think Pat Riley is a better head coach than Phil Jackson? I, I truly, I, I really think he is. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we will disagree there. But your knock is that you're saying, "Well, Phil Jackson won with the better players." Well, what are you talking about? Pat Riley won with great players too. He won with great players too. Come on now. I I don't want to knock Pat Riley, even though I know that there's great disdain from a lot of Nick fans toward Riley. I always I was heartbroken by that. I looked at Pat Riley as a father figure, you know, from afar. I loved him, and I loved those Knicks, and I loved everything that they were built on, everything Riley stood for, stands for to this day. Loved everything about him. But he got out coached, and he got beat by Phil Jackson. I don't care if it's Michael Jordan or not. He also got beat by Rudy Tomjanovich in the finals. It wasn't like he lost to Jordan that year. What's the excuse? Olajuwon's better than Ewing? I don't think so. They didn't get it done. Pains me to say that, but the Knicks didn't win a championship. So I don't know where you're getting from that era that Pat Riley was a better coach than Phil Jackson. I wish that that were the case. I don't believe it to be true. 877-337-6666. We'll continue with your calls on the other side. Sal Licata on the fan. Go for it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Got it back on the fan. We'll talk some more baseball with John Harper, my colleague over at SNY. Talk to him in a little bit. Coming up at 9 o'clock. Been a while since I talked to Harp. He's been out of commission for a while with a broken freaking neck. 
So we'll talk to him about his return and all things going on with the Mets and Yankees. We've been talking about both the Mets and Yankees for the first couple hours so far. Also, stadium giveaways. Brett is on Long Island. Brett, how are you? I'm doing great, Sal. Great show, as always. Thank you. You know, you talk about uh, giveaways, and, uh, you know, I remember going to games with my my dad and, and, and my mom in the late 70s, early 80s out at Shea, and, you know, these giveaways have become collectibles. But back in those days, it was, you know, the first 15,000 fans got a seat cushion and 7,000 showed up. So, <laughs> it, you know, the Mets used to use giveaways to actually get people in the ballpark. Uh, I remember Mets Poncho Day. Uh, the ponchos never made it home. They they were ripped up into shreds by the sixth inning and and thrown. They rained down from the mezzanine at Shea. Yeah, I mean, look, I remember that. I mean, obviously, giveaways when they first started. And thanks for the call, Brad. Appreciate you checking in. Giveaways are uh, an enticement to get people to go to the game. So ultimately, you have a good team. People are going to go regardless. However. A bigger crowd will go. I don't think the Mets are going to get sellouts if they didn't give away the Francisco Lindor bobblehead for what was supposed to be that Saturday 4 o'clock game against Cleveland. So it's supposed to be a bigger draw. But you've seen it in recent years. It becomes a, it's become a phenomenon. People can't get enough of these bobbleheads. They want to go out there and you know get their hands on that bobblehead, and it's going to be a near sellout, if not a sellout, because of it. Why not just make it more? Or make more of them. Steven is calling from Deal, New Jersey. What's up, Steven? Hey, good stuff, good stuff. How are you, Steven? How you doing, my guy? How you doing? Good. What's on your mind? Nothing much. I just want to talk about Judge. How he used to get injured very often. Now it's not as bad. Well, I mean, he's been able to stay healthy here last year, obviously, all year. And this year he's missed, you know, just the the 10 days or whatever. Ah. that he hmm. used to play. Now he's a great right right fielder, left fielder, all hopping around the team, hopping around the team. Yeah, he's like a he's, he's like a bunny. You hop, hop, hop uh, all around the team. I mean, I'm not sure where we're going with that one, Steve, but Aaron Judge has been great. And he is a physical specimen, always has been, but he's able to keep himself on the field last year in particular. Kathy is calling from Northport. What's up, Kathy? <clears throat> hey, Sal. This giveaway stuff's always been a pet peeve. The limited. Mm-hmm. So give them all out, and then give out vouchers to the people that don't get the actual thing. To what? To to get one at a later date that they have to show their ticket. Right, but the they don't have them. I'm I'm assuming they just don't have the stock. You know? No, I know. So, but make more stock. You you, you give out the vouchers. You know how many vouchers you gave away, and say two months from now you can pick it up at the stadium. Well, something, I don't, but, something like that because I. Some of these kids, they show up, they wait online, and they get up there and they don't get it. It's, it's terrible, right? Yeah, it's a terrible feeling. Oh, it's. I mean, there's got to be a way to fix it, but it's terrible. Right. Well, that that was. My and it way, can't just be. It can't just be everybody get there early. I mean, it can't, it's just stupid. You can have people waiting outside lines, online for four hours to get into a I've ball seen game. Down the parking lot, I've seen lines, and then you get up there and you don't get it. Yeah, I have never seen a situation. Now, it's one thing, like I said, for me personally, Kathy, and thank you for the call. For me personally, on Sunday, I did not give a crap. Because if I did give a crap, like I have so often in my life prior to Sunday, I would have been there online with everybody else before the stadium opened. I didn't care enough to do so. And like I said, a general practice for me is getting there early. I want to get there, get the food without any lines, then go sit down and watch the game. That's usually how I would operate, especially on a giveaway day. 
You go there early, you get the giveaway, and then you're free to do as, as you please, stress-free. However, it should not be that you have to get there that early to make sure you don't miss out. 40 minutes prior to the start of the game should be enough. And I guess they were saying, I overheard somebody saying, oh, it was 10 minutes ago they, we sold out of them. All right, that means if you got there with an hour before the first pitch, you were okay. I mean, I guess that's the cutoff. But still, I mean, there are a lot of people who are coming from a long distance, people who can't rush there. I mean, I feel like if you get to a ball game a half hour or more before the game, like, that's a lot. It's a big commitment. Not to mention you're going to be walking around spending a ton of money on drinks, on food as it is, the parking, the ticket, the commitment that it takes to get there. It's a, it's a silly giveaway. Like, the least you could do is make people happy with it. As opposed to saying, oh, nope, you got to be here first online. So when does it end? So the people, let's say the people who didn't know any better that actually cared enough to get there on time or or, uh, didn't know any better but actually care to get the bobblehead. So next time they're going to want to be there on time, right? So now what? Everybody is going to have the fly. You're going to have 50,000 people getting there at 11 o'clock before the stadium, before the gates open at 1? Well, not everybody's going to get one. It's just not right. Josh is calling from the Bronx. What's up, Josh? You know what? On those giveaways, that previous caller had a good point. Mm. Why not a voucher, you know, for food or drink or something like that? Or another, you know, couple of tickets to a game or something? No, because the people want the giveaway. Whatever that giveaway is, that's what people want. Right. But anyway, on the catching situation for the Mets, when those catchers get back healthy and everything... I think you said on, on Baseball Tonight, one of your... Yeah, Baseball Night New York, BNNY. Night New York. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, about sending Alvarez back down. Mm-hmm. Maybe it was premature to bring up these kids and everything, but you've seen the way the turnaround from all that losing earlier, now they're getting all these winning streaks going here, Sal. And... You know, well, I don't think it was premature, Josh, and thank you for the call. I don't think it was premature to bring the kids up. What I think is that there's no way you can send Francisco Alvarez down now after what he's done. And assuming he continues to ascend, how are they going to justify sending him down? Because the only one who got options? For what? Tomas Nito and Gary Sanchez? Who cares? Cut them loose. Let them go sign somewhere else. Those guys are borderline major leaguers. They shouldn't even be major leaguers. Not on a real team. I don't mind it for now, but you're talking about when Narvaez comes back. You do the math. It's really not that difficult. This is a math class everybody can pass. You have four catchers, two spots for four catchers. The catchers are Francisco Alvarez, Omar Narvaez, Gary Sanchez, Tomas Nino. Which two are you getting rid of? (laughs) Come on. Uh, my mother could answer that one. Eight, seven, oh, I guess my mother knows a little bit of it. My wife might be able to answer that one. No, probably not. If it were like some kind of VPR, you know, Vanderpump Rules thing, she could answer that, but I don't know about the catching situation. Anyway, if you know anything about the Mets or sports, you can answer that one. 877-337-6666. Somebody who knows a lot about the Mets and the Yankees. John Harper, my colleague over at SNY. We'll talk to him coming up on the other side. And we'll get back to your calls as well next hour. 877-337-6666. Salicata on the fan. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.